0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Believe in Okay State podcast. I am Megan Robinson, joined again by Justin Southwell and Eve Batoba. Guys, we are 2-0. Woo. 2-0, man.
0: Yeah. 2-0 in one of the strangest W's that that you could ever imagine, right? It's, it's one of those games where you win and you feel good about the win, yet you're still kind of like it almost feels like a loss, right? Or is it just me? Does anybody else feel
2: that?
1: I don't feel that Mm -hmm. way, actually. No.
2: I don't really think that I feel like it was a loss, but I also don't feel like I know that much more about this team.
1: Yeah. 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 I will say it feels like our defense is fine in their groove.
0: Yeah, especially in the second half, man. The second half, we came out there looking good, playing a lot of cover two, a lot of trap coverage we were out there making that, that quarterback guess, right. It was just like Justin kind of predicted, um, you know, whenever we talked last week where he said, look, this is a freshman quarterback. How can we go about confusing him a little bit? And it seems like we were able to get that done in the second half of the game. man. So definitely was glad to see that.
2: That was cool. Of course we played all three quarterbacks again. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Different order and- though. we, Gundy did switch up the order. It was Bowman, Gundy, then Rangel. So I guess this week we can expect to see Gundy, Rangel, Bowman.
2: I think so.
0: It's a little round robin that they were, they we're messing it with. It is. With quarterback circus. But I don't know, man. Who After watching the game, who do y'all feel like should be getting the most reps or who should be QB1 for the team?
1: So I just saw an interesting tweet right before we started recording and it was a quote from Gundy, how he flipped the script and he was like, if it were you guys, which two quarterbacks would you tell there aren't playing anymore, which is a unique perspective. I think it's like, well, I, I mean, it's the same thing. I, so I say that because I don't know who I would pick because I have not been completely impressed by any of them, but I haven't also been completely unimpressed by any of them because I haven't been able to get a big enough sample size. I think initially, you know, Bowman, stat-wise, he had the most yards of all the three. They were also down when he, you know, Arizona State scored a touchdown, and so it's like, oh, Bowman, we need a touchdown. Well, he didn't get a touch. He's the only quarterback. He had 113 yards, but zero touchdowns Where the other two. You know, Gundy had 32 yards and a touchdown. Rangel had 46 yards and a touchdown. So how do you gauge that? What's more valuable, yards or a touchdown? I think touchdowns. But also 46 yards for a quarterback stat is not impressive. So how do you judge? Yeah.
0: yeah, it's still a very limited sample size. And I don't like the fact that Gundy tried to do that little script flipped on us, right? Who would you tell? Which two would you tell that they're not playing anymore? Because, well, two things. One, that's kind of your job as a leader of the program, right? Like you have to be able to tell those people, and have those tough conversations. But also, secondly... You know better than us. You've seen them at practice, right? You've been able to evaluate a lot more than the fans, than the reporters, than the press. So don't flip it on us, right? Like, it's your job as the head coach to be able to make that decision. So, yeah, I don't I, I don't get that. But, you know, that's, that's, that's what Gundy does.
2: No, I mean, you're right on, Eve. I mean, we shouldn't be able to tell, I don't think, based on the games alone. Like, it's right. going to be in practice. Uh, and I think part of the problem, too, is, and this is my opinion, but the quarterback's just aren't getting enough time to shine. Just as one guy starts getting into a rhythm, that quarterback's taken in and out and a new one's entered in. So, I mean, and I've also heard like some fans will say that Gundy is treating the non-conference like the NFL's preseason with rotating the quarterbacks. And in a way that's true, but honestly, I hope that's not his mindset because we see good teams in the NFL lose preseason games all the time because those games don't matter but Oklahoma state's games absolutely matter. Absolutely. And in my opinion, there has to be a sense of urgency about naming QB one. And the fact that it's taken this long is a little bit worrisome if you're looking forward to future games, but the fact that we're two and O is a good thing, but it's also potentially worrisome because you can kind of create a, uh, a false sense of security based on what we're doing is working. And, Yep. Yeah, it's worked against an FCS opponent at home and it's worked on the road against a power five team that's at or near the bottom of the Pac twelve. So I you know, I hope that he's not just thinking we can just roll right in, do the exact same thing versus Alabama or South Alabama, but it looks like that's what we're gonna do.
0: Yeah, I mean I will say it is a little bit worrisome, but just as we talked about last week. Remember how I just talked about how I really just wasn't that worried because it seems like there is some type of play, like a long term outlook in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I still feel that way. Like, even though, you know, we're two games in, we're still rot- rotating the quarterbacks, I still just, I don't know, I just have this belief that there is yeah. a plan. I wonder if Almost part of a it is uh... already made, but they're trying to, I don't know, like they're, they're trying to do something psychologically to whoever's going to be named. QB one
2: potentially. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe part of it is like that. We have a really early bye week again this year, and that kind of bit us as far as you know depth last year, especially in injuries and things like that. So if we're able to kind of spread out the reps for a while, and then get into you know October, November, and have this long string of games, at least we've got you know some fresher legs or whatever the case is. But I don't know. We'll see.
1: Don't you want consistency yeah. under center? I mean, at a certain point, it's like, okay. And I mean, I texted you guys before we kicked off on Saturday. you know, find out Bowman starting. If Bowman had, I think they're each playing about four or five series. Is that right? He's kind of doing it yes, based on series, that. not by quarters. Yeah. If Bowman goes out there and goes four series, four touchdowns, do you really take him out of the game? Like, why would you, why would you do that? Why would you take out the hot hand? I mean, I guess at that point, it's also like, okay, we have the lead, rest your starters. And, you know, you see that in non-conference games all the time. But if he's getting like, build that lead, you need those convincing wins at the end of the season to convince the committee you deserve a spot in the CFP. I mean, that's – so I'm curious to see this week what happens if someone does get hot. I mean, on the flip side, he's putting in, you know, the games have not been blowouts, and he's putting in – Each quarterback. So that tells me that he has faith in all of them or he's just really stubborn is going to be like, I'm going to prove you guys wrong and we're playing all three.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yo, Meg, I think you just made like five valid points right there. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm like, it's really, really hard to gauge and figure out what might be going on within the program. But as Justin said to, to kick this thing off. We just don't really know much more than we did in week zero, right, <laughs> about this team. So still so many questions that are unanswered, and I feel like we're probably not going to get many answers against South Alabama.
1: Well, what I do know, Eve, is that Dejon Stribling is a stud. Big fan of this kid. Big, big fan. He had seven catches for 65 yards and a touchdown. His first catch of the game was also the 100th of his career. Jaden Bray right. also looked like, looked solid on Saturday, three catches for 47 yards, BP, four catches, 41 yards, a touchdown. I think that our receiving core is very, very solid. So that is yeah. one thing that I am confident about. I cannot say the same for the run game, but we will get to that after your yeah. thoughts on our receivers.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'll take this because, you know, receivers close to my heart. But yeah, absolutely right. They're a solid group. I think that each one of those guys proves that we have multiple ways that we can attack a defense. And so I love that we all have like different skill sets there. And hey, Stribling, that's that guy's a perfect example of benefiting from the transfer portal. Like he's better than anybody that we lost in the portal, straight up. So I'm glad he's on our side. And then hey, Bray I mean, there was one one play he had a deep slant. I thought he was about to score because he had such a burst of speed coming out of that cut. And uh, he actually like barely missed on another deep ball attempt to him where he completely laid out. Uh, I think he probably almost snagged it one-handed. But we're starting to see what he can do when he's healthy. And then you already know how I feel about Brennan Presley, man. Get this man the ball. Yes. Of course, he scored a touchdown again. But I was disappointed to see – that the attempts had dropped in game two, so he he still needs more targets. Don't don't let up on that.
0: Yeah, man, BP looked really good, and and I'm telling you, this entire receiving core they just look like they're hungry. I think I I really like what I'm seeing from them. It's just a matter of having a consistent ball thrower, right? I think it would help them out a lot too if they know exactly where they're getting the ball from on any given series. But uh, hey, I'm I'm just here as a fan. I'm just here trying to watch see what's happening.
1: I don't know. Love love the receiving room. Presley said it himself at Big 12 Media Days. He was super excited about the guys in there. You know what, BP? I am excited, too. I like what I'm seeing. On the flip side, mentioned the running backs. (sighs) Guys, we went down this week. We went to average 3.6 yards per carry after being close to five last week. (sighs) What did we do? I mean, you know,
0: I said it, I said it last week. The fact that we were still under what were we four point eight yards per carry last week against yeah. Central Arkansas when now it's supposed yeah. to be a game where you would have rather seen us closer to six yards per carry. So that's supposed to be one of those games that brings the average up. So whenever you see three point seven against a power five team in Arizona State, you're just like, okay, well. Hopefully this is not indicative of what the rest of the season is going to look like. Hopefully they're still experimenting some with some zone schemes and some power schemes on, uh, with their blocking. Um, Cause honestly, pass blocking did not look that bad. Right. Uh, but gosh, like, the, you know, run blocking. I don't know. I, it's uh it's one, it makes me think that they're still trying to put everything together and, you know, make it all mesh as the season goes on. But yeah, it's really not looking good. And if they're leaving it up to, the running back to be the person that kind of creates their own holes and opens up the run game for them, instead of kind of making it happen through the O line. Then you better have somebody who has uh, one some some speed, some quickness, but also a whole lot of vision and, and knows how to you know set up blocks to get themselves open, and of course miss tackles.
2: Yeah, that's kind of why I'm not really worried about the running backs because I think that we do have the guys, I mean, the skill sets there, vision, speed. Um, and just Ollie just being a freak because I mean he is he's the dude who almost makes the offensive line look better. So in my opinion, this is all on the O line. Like they need to it starts with them being more physical up front in some instances. They need to have quicker feet to set set the edge, or in some cases get to the second level and attack some linebackers, get some hands on some linebackers. Um, but O line by far the biggest issue on the team. Um, we're trying to forge an identity of who we want to be as a football team. And I feel like we're being held back because of the offensive line. So I I don't really think that the issue is the running backs or the quarterbacks. Um, I know we're all talking about who QB one is going to be. And at this point, I think they've all proven that they can all go out and hold their own. And the biggest question mark for me still remains the offensive line. Are they going to be able to step up? especially against the opponents in conference play who are better than what we've seen before and and be able to see how they do. But as far as running backs, they should be good. Hopefully they can stick with it, be patient. Eventually, like we saw against Arizona State, holes are going to open up. They're going to be able to turn them for a big game every once in a while. So, of course, not everyone's going to be a home run, big play, but look forward to those moments, and when they happen, go out and celebrate with your team because – You've earned it as a running back. You've earned it at that point.
0: Yeah, and and you know what's really interesting, too, about that point is whenever you look at the game, there were, uh, what, 23? This is uh, Feels Like 45. Feels Like 45 podcasts. They tweeted out that when you look at the offensive production, like the different personnel that they were coming out in, you know, 11 personnel took the lead there, right? We have one running back tied in. But 20 personnel and 21 personnel were like 23 plays, right, and 23% of the offensive snaps. So they're having two running backs that are back there in the backfield, like seeming like they're trying to make some type of statement with multiple multiple people back there, but it's just not paying off right now. So I don't think it's for a lack of effort. I think they're just still – trying to figure it out. I don't know if it's the coaches or the players trying to figure it out, but I don't know, in my opinion, it's just – There
2: not. was like a really good play that actually feels like 45. They, they posted on that thread where one of the tight ends went in motion and came around and ended up pancaking the guy. And I think it might have been even been on the backside of the play, but stuff like that, you know, not being in 11 as much and going with the tight end, going with an extra blocking running back to be able to open some yeah. of those holes because the front five – aren't gonna be able to get it done on their own, it looks like.
0: Yeah. yeah, man. It's not looking like it at all.
1: I I agree with you, Justin. I don't think the problem is the running backs. You look, I mean Ollie and uh and Jaden both had really good gate I mean, stat-wise, they had 53 and 43 yards, but they had two long runs. Ollie had a 31-yard 30, run. Jaden had a 34-yard run. Last week, against Central Arkansas, we had the saw the 44-yard run from Ollie that got called back due to hold, a holding penalty right. again, which yeah. is on the offensive line. So I think the talent in the backfield is there. It's just how yeah. do you block for them, and how do you not beat yourself up with holding penalties that lose you 10 yards in the play. So... And, I think we can and the get the running backs
2: credit. yeah like to their credit I think that they are being patient I think mm-hmm. that the fans maybe not so much so the running backs are being patient and they're also being unselfish to be able to allow everybody to get in run their skill set um they're they're sharing the load which is great for depth um everybody's getting playing time it's not as big of a deal for running backs as it is with quarterbacks because yes, while you're like rotating them in, you're truly rotating running backs in based on a situation yeah. whereas quarterbacks are going in for series at a time and then they're out of the game completely. So I don't really know why Gundy brings that up as like maybe this kind of like revolutionary way of thinking that we're we're actually rotating quarterbacks in. It's a completely different way of rotating in. So I don't understand that. But I'll say this like to the fans that want to see Ollie Gordon get 15, 20 carries. It's not going to happen right now. And especially it's not going to happen on the road in the desert and a hundred degree heat. Like we need to make sure that he can last through this season. And the, the benefit of that of having these other running backs is they can also go in and share the load. And so it's just, yeah, it's just a matter of let's block for these guys and make sure that everybody gets some love.
0: Wouldn't it be nice to know who the feature running back is? the featured receiver is and the feature quarterback is, right? I think right now it's just kind of like, okay, three running backs are playing. We're distributing the ball amongst like, you know, five receivers and three quarterbacks are playing. It's like there's no one feature player for any position on the offensive side of the ball. And that just kind of feels weird. Again, it might just be because, you know, it's off conference or out of conference right now, but it is a little strange. I'm not used to this.
1: On the flip side, Eve, isn't it kind of nice to think like we have two to three guys a receiver and running back that can be impact players and we don't need a featured one because on any given day, any one of them could go off? Hmm.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, that's that's nice. I'd like to see somebody (laughs) go for a thousand yards uh, because they got 20 quarters a game. I'd like to see somebody go for a thousand yards because they got, you know, they were consistently getting 80 yards per game, 85 yards receiving per game, right? So that, you know, that would be nice just to have somebody in the national conversation whenever the end of the year comes, uh, you know, you know award season comes around, but hey, I guess it's more about the wins. So, yeah. As yeah, long as we keep playing, I'll take it.
2: That's almost turning into like a like a money ball situation. Would you rather have just some dudes who can get the job done and get on base or would you rather have like a superstar at running back and a superstar at receiver who are, you know, Getting all these accolades and stuff at the end of the year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we need to like term this as Gundy Ball moving forward because we just keep rotating guys in and nobody's going to get any national recognition. But if we keep getting wins, I think the fan base will be happy.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: And you ask most guys, you know, what's your goal for the season? And most guys are not saying, I want to win the Heisman. I want to win the Bolitnikov. I want to win an insert position award. Here they're saying, I want a national championship. Of course, they also acknowledge winning the Heisman would be great, but they don't care about that as much as they care about the Big 12 or the national championship. And maybe that's not how they feel, but that's what they say to the media. That's what they've said to me. So (laughs) I'm going to go with it, that they would rather get that championship ring and trophy than – a Heisman.
0: <laughs> a, a lot of people have great media training, right? So you know, on, of course, you have your team goals, and then you have your personal goals as well. And I will say, you know, any any guy that's out there that has these team goals wants to be the person that also propels them to to the Big Twelve Championship game. So hey, as long as you got that dog in you, like you want to be the guy that can say, "Hey, put it on my back. I'll take us there."
1: And I'm not saying that they don't want to win those individual awards either. But to your point, Eve, they want those by helping their team get to the championship game. Right. So, yeah. Really quickly, before moving on to our matchup this weekend, in South Alabama, I got to acknowledge the defense. We know Eve is a former DB. I'm a former defensive player in every sport ever. Sorry, Justin, you're out of this one. But not, I said. Not
2: quite, I- not necessarily. I actually played defense in football up until maybe my junior year of high school. And then I played on the defensive side in soccer when I was at OBU. So uh, you know, I know a little bit Bro, about I had no team. idea
0: you played defense. What what position did you play? For football? Yeah. Corner. I didn't know that. Oh. mm
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, I know
0: too. Yeah, you don't think never told you-
2: me that
1: have an opinion, Justin, you've just been very wide receiver heavy, so I'm just saying you know, gotta show the defense some love but you can be a part of this too. Last week, I said I needed Colin Oliver to be more of a presence, and Nick Martin it was your time to shine, and boy did they both make me proud they must watch Believe in Okay Statement, like you know what, we gotta show out. Nick Martin had a career (laughs) night 10 tackles, a sack, quarterback hurry. Guys, His previous single game high was three tackles. Nick Martin. Nick Martin, ladies and gentlemen. And last season, he had a total. Last season, granted, most of his playing time was on special teams. Last season, Nick had a total of 15 tackles. In two games this year, he's already up to 13. So let's go, Nick Martin. Let's go. And then Colin Oliver was named the team MVP by the team for his performance this week. He had several, seven tackles, two for a loss, a forced fumble, and a pass breakup. Guys.
0: And I mean, it, it was beautiful to watch, right? It's beautiful to see. I think. You know, we we talked all offseason about how Coach Nardo was going to be able to mix things up with the defense. And I know that last week was a lot more vanilla. But here he is coming out against Arizona State, playing some four-man fronts, some even fronts. He took Colin Oliver, kind of moved him around a little bit. I mean, it's, uh, you know, what what we had seen from him, I guess, in prior years, based off the little bit of game tape that we saw from him at, at his previous school, you're starting to see the creativity Uh, With his defense. So really, really like how he was able to use the linebackers in particular. So Nick Martin and Colin Oliver, uh, you know, they were able to shine. So, man, yeah, that was that was really great to watch.
2: I will say, like, I don't want to take away from what they did, but Arizona State is apparently not a second half team because they've scored three points in four quarters. Um, and I know that that's only part nah, of the equation. Nah, sorry, take away, don't, don't take away nah. for two minutes.
1: Two minutes ago, Justin's like, "I play defense. I support defense." And now he's like, "Well, Arizona State's not a second-half team." Come on, well, man, what are you
2: doing? Hey, it is what it is. Like numbers don't lie. All right, but no props to the defense. Props to Nardo. They're doing a very solid job to start the year. Tackling though has been an issue, and I have faith that, that is going to be addressed. But, hey, if it takes Nick Martin having a career night and getting 30 tackles a game because these other guys are like arm tackling and not bringing guys to the ground, so be it. He took the Malcolm Rodriguez seminar. Thank you, sir.
0: Well, I will say the tackling looked a lot more of an issue, looked like a lot more of an issue in the first half. And then the second half, you saw a lot more short tackles in there, right? Uh, Mostly by Nick Martin. I mean, I will say it was mostly by Nick Martin and Colin Oliver. But it's still – it's good to see that they can make those adjustments, um, which are going to be more and more needed as Justin Wright is recovering from that injury.
2: And, like, not to – I'm not going to, like, bash on this at all because I love love the effort flying around being – like, flying to the ball. But Xavier Benson, like, you're getting to the ball and you're getting, like, so close. And it's just, like, finish the job, man, because – you're going to be able to rack up the stats too if you can just get those guys to the ground, but he's flying around compared to last year. It seemed like he was maybe a little bit more lost at times. Now this time it's kind of like, he's, he knows where to be, knowing where to be, but kind of whiffing on the tackles. And so yeah. if you get those, get that last part shirt up, then man, he like the the sky's the limit there.
0: It's like my high school defensive coordinator used to say, Oh, there's a the play. Never mind." Whenever we would watch film, (laughs) that was his trademark thing. Oh, there it is. There's – never mind. you just always just getting close but not quite making it. You don't get rewarded for being almost there. Yeah. Truth.
1: One more defensive shout-out. Lyric Rawls, first career interception and first of what we hope to be many picks this season for the Pokes. So I'm liking what I'm seeing from the defense – so far, I mean, again, it's only Central Arkansas and Arizona State, so it's kind of you know, we'll, we'll see how we fare as we go into the Big 12. But I think that we're starting to find our identity, and I'm liking it.
2: Lyric Rawls is number six, so we have picks with six. Picks with New segment six. on the show, let's go. Picks
0: with <laughs> six. I like it. Is he number six? Yeah, he is number six. not a Safety over there love
1: it south alabama our opponent for this week it is our third meeting with them we lead the series to nothing uh south alabama is one and one on the season i'm guys i think this is going to be a solid matchup they lost their season opener 37 17 to then ranked to lane is nothing to sleep on so can't really be too upset about losing it and 37 17 isn't a a blowout I don't I wouldn't say it's 20 points but it's not like 63 to nothing like we've seen with other teams Um, yeah how you guys feeling headed in to Saturday
2: this is a weird game like I've seen a few fans in the offseason mark this down as an L for Oklahoma State and I don't really see why they would think that I guess just because of their total wins last year but it's against inferior competition and South Alabama, guys, I don't know if you guys know this or not. They started playing college football in 2009. Like, Gundy has coached longer than South Alabama has been a program. So, of course, like, they've made significant strides in that time, but they shouldn't be anywhere near Oklahoma State. And if they are, that's an issue that starts with the coaches. Like, getting out-recruited and out-coached by a program that hasn't been around that long at all, time to maybe reevaluate some things uh, if if this goes south. So.
0: Pun intended, huh? Mm
2: -hmm. Now,
0: I will say though, like based on um, you know just what what they've been able to do, um, I think their running back has like 120 yards total right in the first two games of the season. 121 yards, Um, isn't that right?
2: Yeah, he's similar to uh, Scatterboot. Sorry, a little bit. Yeah, sorry, I was.
1: And and I
0: think based on the momentum that we are picking up, right, it seems like we're figuring things out. We're starting to put things together really well. They're playing inferior competition, right? I think just from a pure uh, talent standpoint, we'll be able to just outmatch them. And honestly, because of, you know, how things are trending for our team, I think even if we do go out there with the three quarterback round robin that we've been doing, I'm expecting a complete dominant performance uh, for the Cowboys.
2: See, I think that they might actually be a little bit better than Arizona State. But I think that that maybe is more on the offensive side of the ball. I think that maybe our our offense should be able to to light up their defense because um, it's not necessarily just the pass game. Like, they were getting beat deep by Tulane. So if we're able to use that to our advantage, or if they're preparing for that, they're thinking Oklahoma's going to air us and they're preparing for that maybe then that opens up for the run game a little bit because you got guys that are playing deeper in in the defensive backfield so it's kind of like we have different ways to attack them Uh, we have we should have vastly superior talent on our side so I don't see why we we shouldn't like just absolutely crush now they they have big play capabilities so their receiver uh, I think it's pronounced Colin Lacey he actually had like a pretty cool play against South Alabama. It's an 84-yard touchdown catch, and like he caught it, he took off, but then he like slowed up right to let his other receiver, let another teammate, come over and block for him. So he got the the wide receiver block downfield. It was beautiful, cut across the field, and scored a touchdown. Uh, you just love to see that. It's, that's just good football IQ. Um, so it's just a matter of you know, can you shut that guy down? Can you contain the running back who's going to be very similar, I think, to what we saw last week with Arizona State? The guy is another bowling ball type of running back. So you got to be able to get him down. And then, yeah, I think I totally trust our defense, right, at this point because they've done nothing but just prove against this competition so far that they're up for the challenge. And it's all going to be based on can our quarterbacks get hot? Um, And if they get hot, are they going to be taken out of the game? Can yeah. the other can the other quarterback step in and get hot as well? Um, what I'm worried about, maybe a little bit, is let's say Gundy gets the start. What if he starts off slow? What if he throws an interception or two and can't b- bounce back from that? He never gets going, and that's detrimental to our team. Like we don't know. Like I don't have any reason to believe that based off what we've seen so far, but that potential is always there. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, man. I think uh, the biggest thing that I'm going to be paying attention to in this game is going to be the offensive line. Like, I just, I'm just going to be binoculars, microscope in on the O line. Like, right, this is another game that we should, we should ideally be able to dominate. Right? Things have been working out that quite that way so far in the first two two weeks of the season. But God leads South Alabama. So let's. But, yeah, let's get it together, guys. Like, hey, conference play is going to start here pretty soon. So as long as we can dominate on the O-line, I feel good about the rest of everything else that happens, right? Regardless of what's happening with the quarterback situation, I just want the offensive line to look like they got their stuff together. Please.
1: Well, let's remember, gentlemen, that South Alabama had preseason votes for the top 25, and Oklahoma State did not. So while I agree we should win this game, we cannot come out like we did against Central Arkansas. You need to be on it. You need to be attacking. You need to play like you did in the second half against Arizona State. You guys have been talking about their running back, LaDamian Webb. He has been limited following off-season surgery, but he's putting up numbers. He's averaging 7.6 yards per carry against Southeast Louisiana. He had 81 yards on seven attempts for an average of 11.6 yards. We struggled with Scadaboo early against Arizona State. So, you know, we talked about our defense needing to make tackles, not missing tackles. You need to tackle this kid. So that is my first key to the game. Make that tackle, slow down their run game. The second game, Eve, playing off our offensive line, South Alabama is only allowing 3.2 yards per carry this season to running backs, which is concerning because – we have not been able to get up to five yards per carry. So that matchup, our offensive line creating gaps for our running backs, can we get it going? On the flip side, they've struggled against the pass and have given up 322 yards in the air the first two games. So even if we can't get our running game going, how do we use our our offense? Do we air it out? Do we do the deep ball to stribbling, which I think very much exists? So that is going to be, I, I don't think this is going to be a a cakewalk. I think we should be able to take care of business, but we have to come to play.
0: You know, well, one thing that gives me a lot of encouragement is, you know, week one, we were definitely trying to hold our cards close, right? We weren't trying to show our cards. Week two, we showed a lot more on the offensive side and on the defensive side. So I think if we go out there with our week two playbook instead of our week one playbook, where it is a lot more open, it's not like we're trying to be as bland and as vanilla as possible, right? You can still be creative because it's already out there. It's already out on tape. You should be able to handle a team like a, um, you know, South Alabama. So I, I, I don't foresee it being anything like central Arkansas, simply because more of the playbook has been opened up. So, uh, you know, we're probably reserving some more plays, some more formations, some more looks for actual in-conference play. But at least now that hey, we've played a power five opponent and uh, we've been able to show some of our better stuff, we can actually use that stuff um, in this game uh, as well against an opponent that's uh, inferior at least athletically.
2: Man, South Alabama, I just yeah, I I can't I I can't see why anybody would think we would take an L to this team. Like Meg mentioned it earlier, they did get preseason votes votes in the AP poll. But again, 10 and two record or whatever it was last year. I know that they had a lot of returning starters on that team and they did pretty well in the transfer portal, getting a lot of, you know, uh, division one talent in the portal in their favor. But I'm sorry. It's going to take a lot more than that to beat Oklahoma state yeah. or it should like the mindset of some of the fans to think we might lose to South Alabama at home and then turn around and maybe beat Kansas state. Who are these fans? Like what I'm just, I'm just seeing a uh, message boards, Twitter, whatever the case is, you know, you go I'm through the forward, schedule, you go through the schedule week by week and you pick out wins and losses. And it just blew my mind that an L would show up next to South Alabama. So hey, you gotta go do it though. Like you can predict all you want. Uh, you just gotta go out and the game isn't one on paper. Go out there it and is, do your thing.
0: It is college football, right? I mean you, you went and you saw you saw Baylor lose to Texas State and then turn around and get really, really competitive against Utah. All right. So you just you just never know what's gonna happen. <laughs> but I can't can't cannot see that happening with a coach yeah. like Mike Gundy.
2: Right. and the biggest things are matchups right and the matchups i still believe are in our favor offensive yep. line the ta- like the the size difference between our offensive line and their defensive line eve i mean i'm going to be right there with you watching it if we can't handle it handle business against this team we're in, we might be in for some trouble like and then Dickey just needs to like not even worry about coaching these guys anymore. Just go out and start recruiting the other guys for the next season to replace whoever's whoever we're losing. So right
0: now it's gonna be fun though watching it in person. Yes, this is hey my first Oklahoma State game of the season. Let's go! Gonna be there at Boone Pickens Stadium wearing my orange baseball jersey. Yes, the one that Meg is rocking right now Can't I'm wait i
1: so excited guys, I'm wearing it every day this week <laughs> Not really, I'm not gross <laughs> like that but.
0: <laughs> yes, yes Can't We're wait.
2: recording on Monday, so plenty of time To, to wash it <laughs> I'm
1: wearing it for like yeah. 10 minutes Well, like an hour right now to record But you know but,
0: but Yeah, I'm going to wear it on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday too So.
1: Every day, orange Friday <laughs> at work too Woo!
0: I love it. Yeah, can't wait to be rocking that on Friday with the Orange Faithful, loyal and true. It's going to be lit. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Last thing on South Alabama, their quarterback has two touchdowns and three interceptions this season. I love that ratio for us. So, Corey Black, I feel it. This is your time. This is your time to get your first career interception. Get after that quarterback, guys. Get some sacks. Nick Martin, Colin Oliver, defense. Let's, good, go. Also, let's go. Good. Also,
0: hey, Also, I wanted to look like the Cowboys looked on Monday night. I'm ooh, like,
2: let's yes. get
0: 40 to 0 up on these boys, man. That's what we need.
2: Yeah. Colin cool. Oliver, I need you to turn right into number 11,
0: Parsons. Like Parsons. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely need that. Who's going to be Dak Prescott, though? That's going to be
2: the question. <laughs> I don't know if I want to <laughs> go doing? that route. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
1: But. Before we get to uniform and game picks, do have to say it will be uh, the OSU Athletics Hall of Honor class of 2023 will be enshrined mm-hmm. on Friday night. Six former Cowboy, le- well not six former, they're six current Cowboy legends, former athletes and coaches, Justin Blackman, Ricky Fowler, David Buddy Arndt, Yolanda Odenio, Ann Pitts and Shelby Wilson will be honored Friday night. That ceremony will be streamed live on OSU Max for subscribers. So if you want to watch that. Subscribe to OSU Max as well, and you can catch all of the action. So
0: let go. So exciting. Congratulations Great. to every single person getting honored on Friday and on Saturday. What an exciting time for you guys. One of our former teammates, Justin, is going to be uh, getting inducted into the Ring of Honor as well, Justin Blackman. So we will be there um, yeah, for, for that. So, uh, man, couldn't be more proud of the, the these OSU student athletes. Um, I don't even like saying OSU student athletes, just these OSU legends get honored the way that they are.
1: That's right. Well guys, uniform picks. We all got it wrong last week. All of us, including the expert Justin Southwell.
2: That's all right. They look good. So Whoa, why are you being
0: so defensive, Justin? Yo, slow down. Take it easy. My goodness. Gosh.
1: You know, I don't I don't expect my like I'm more excited for the one I'm hoping one time I'll get it right yeah but uh yeah, they looked good and that's what matters and they won well, so this week what did you'
2: all think okay. about Arizona state's uniforms?
1: I see, okay, so I said I loved their helmets and then I thought about it and I was like, if you are doing a blackout Arizona State uniform head of equipment operations for Arizona State football, if you are listening to this and you do a blackout, the uniforms should be all black. It's what you do for a blackout looked good, not blackout worthy.
2: Well. I'm going to have to come to that person's defense. So it turns out that this is just a budget issue for Arizona state. So the new helmet scan technology and high-end helmet models that they use are essentially prioritizing for the health of their players. And that's going to take precedent. Like it's going to it takes a toll on the budget. So they're limiting to two shells. So they have that candy maroon helmet that color shifts between maroon and gold and then they have their traditional gold. Now I will say, in my opinion, I think that we missed out a little bit on a legendary uniform matchup because had Arizona state worn their traditional uniforms versus the white, white orange that the Cowboys rolled out there, man, that would have been, that would have been looking a lot better on film, but Hey, you know, you, you guys do you, it's fine.
0: Yo, their uniforms are good. I can't even lie. For Adidas? I mean, yeah, for Adidas. And it it, it kind of feels weird (laughs) to say that, but it, it, yeah, they're pretty
2: cool, actually. Like, for Adidas, there's always that caveat, but yeah. But man,
0: every single time that I've gone back and watched any clips from this game, any photos from this game, that white, white, orange just looks so dang good. I mean, yo, was it just me? I was just, yo, I was like, my goodness, like these jerseys. Are the greatest things that I've ever seen. Like they looked phenomenal. I can't wait to see more of these.
1: I think the script Cowboys for me was the icing on the cake. Like oh, it
0: looks it looked yeah, it it looked amazing.
1: God, so good.
0: Yeah, I would commit to Oklahoma State all over again just just from (laughs) looking at these uniforms.
2: Like normally I don't like orange face masks on our helmets, but I will say like (laughs) Based on what they wore for that game, it yeah, made sense an and it looked good
0: just beautifully.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And as hard as it is to believe, I thought that I would love the traditional white, orange, white as my favorite look. And we got to see it week one. And then they rolled out with this in week two. And I'm like, oof, I can't decide. Like, how do I pick between these two? Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm going to have to go slight edge to white, white, orange because it just looked so clean. So clean. All
1: right. Well, picks for week three. I'm going first so Eve doesn't steal it. Black, orange, black. Pistol Pete.
2: (laughs) Wow. Black orange black.
1: We haven't seen any black yet. It won't be all black because it's not the blackout. I don't know. I just I feel like black, orange, black is what's gonna happen.
2: It might look clean. Might look decent
0: yeah i think i wasn't really helmet. Good
2: what helmet did you say Meg?
1: i, I said uh pistol p well black helmet pistol pistol with pi- like the full p. the
0: full piece the full body pistol p.
1: I said full body last week but you know what let's let's yeah i have in my in my google doc i have full Pete written down that's what i decided earlier today so we'll go with it that's cool
0: yeah i actually have us going with all orange like right? just all, all orange yeah so, we're going out there all orange and we're going with the uh, with the pistol Pete, all Pete, not not the full Pete, the
2: uh, yeah, the head. Okay. Wow, okay, yeah, that like would be never- that would be my well, all orange at this point. I like, I would just say, based off the uniforms we've worn, that would be my least favorite, and I haven't even seen it yet. I'll just go ahead and tell you because <laughs> <laughs> just because the other you know, week one and week two were s tier perfection um i'm gonna go i guess a little bit different from you guys like i think that we. let me guess
0: you're going white orange white no okay never mind
2: unbelievable can't believe you can't read my mind no i think we (laughs) i think we'll probably see some black this time like meg was saying but i don't think it'll be with the helmet and pants i'm gonna go white black white and i'll say cursed cowboys
0: you know that's actually one of my least favorites. That that you color combination. Yeah, you
2: said that it was one of your favorites whenever they released the uniforms, and that was one of the that was one of the ones they had: white, black, white. Cursive cowboys.
1: You think cursive cowboys is that? Back that. Yeah, I do. Interesting.
2: Interesting.
0: It did look really good this past week, though. So I'm not even. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be mad about seeing it twice in a row. All
1: right. Well. We'll find out in a it's
2: few days. All, it's, tough to, it's tough to predict these days. Like We're in a completely new set of uniforms. You can't really go based off what you've seen in the past. For example, the last time we played South Alabama, we wore black, black, gray, and we had the bandana pattern helmet, which is actually why I'm wearing the badge today. Um, and I think, I'm pretty sure, both the gray and the bandana and the badge are all retired. So we don't have anything to go off of for what we might see against South Alabama based on what we've worn in the past.
0: Make it as orange as possible, baby. All orange, everything. Let's do it.
2: You just want to see that because you're going to be rocking your orange baseball jersey.
0: All orange, everything. Let's go.
1: Well, guys, shall we get to to game picks? Picks with (laughs) picks. What's he going with? Who's he going with? Sorry, guys. Bruh. I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If anyone is looking for a 105 pound dog, I have one for free. No, I'm kidding. He does <laughs> his best. He was 2 0. Oh, you know, he can't be perfect, or at least I hope he's not perfect after this week. I think that he was drawn to the animal logo. We learned last year that he tended, he had a, a tendency to go for the animals. So, yeah. you know, um, he has his flaws, but I love him anyway. Yeah, so. You know, we're going to we're going to do some film study. Um, you know, I don't I think he he fell asleep at like the first quarter on Saturday. So he wasn't able to really like watch the pokes evolve through that game. Um, yeah, he fell
2: asleep at a normal time. Makes sense.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, he's doing his best. I will redeem uh, the pick by taking the pokes. I am going 31 to seven. I think our defense looks pretty good. They're figuring it out. And if they can stop LaDamian Webb, I think 31 to seven, calling it.
2: Nice.
0: Yeah, I think OSU comes out and they're just clicking on all cylinders to the point where in the fourth quarter it's going to be just everybody else just rotating in, guys that we haven't really seen much of this season. And it's not even going to be so much because of the passing game as much as it is going to be because the offensive line is just dominating up front. All the running backs are going to be smashing and dashing and rolling, and we are going to win this game 40-3. to
2: Ooh, let's,
0: let's go. go. Yeah, we're making oh. it happen.
2: You're going to give us a false sense of how good this team really is. Give, give me that false sense. I need it. I need it in my blood. <laughs> oh, man. Well, so far we have won 27 to 13 and 27 to 15. So I'm going to go with 27 to 14 as we round out this non conference slate. Pokes start off to 3 and 0. We still don't know anything about this team after the South Alabama game, still frustration looming in the air just because we don't know what's going on. But, hey, we get the W, and in the end, that's all that matters.
0: Respect. Respect. Can't wait. Hey, can't wait to see you guys in person this week. It's going to be a good time.
1: Oh, my gosh. This is super exciting, everybody. For those who do not know, even I, have never met in person. We just, never you know, like FaceTime every week and it's so bizarre. <laughs> I talk to, I talk to Eve and Justin more than I talk to some of my oldest friends. So, yeah. it's like to literally have never met you in person and be like wait oh, a second, funny. I just talk to you m- most every day via text and then at least, you know, once a week on on StreamYard. So, exciting time.
0: Very fun. Yeah. Hey, let us know in the comments, by the way, where you guys are going to be uh, pregame, postgame, during the game, all that. So hopefully that we can, uh, you know, we can all get together. We can meet up at some point. We'd love to see some of the people who are watching on a regular basis in person as well.
2: And I'll see you too at the Southwell Spivey family tailgate.
0: Let's go. Well. Wow.
1: Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast presented by Bet Online. Like, share, subscribe, follow, rate, review. Once again, I'm Megan Robinson, joined by Justin Southwell and Eve Batoba. Appreciate you all. Go Pokes.
2: Go Pokes. Go Pokes.